0: You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast, knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Maddo Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Do you ever wonder if it's too late to build an audience online? especially on a crowded platform like YouTube. Sometimes it seems like YouTube is so saturated with yoga videos that it's impossible to get found in the noise, but it turns out that's not actually true. Today, I have an inspiring story for you. My guest built her YouTube channel from zero to 2000 subscribers without an existing following tons of experience or a background in tech. Oh, and her channel is in English, even though she's not a native English speaker. Berenice Miles recovered from a decade of eating disorders, PTSD, anxiety, and depression using her yoga practice. And today she supports women to move through life with calm, ease, and joy using yoga and other amazing tools. She launched her YouTube channel in 2020 and currently uses it as her main strategy for finding new clients online. Let's dive into this conversation with Berenice, and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Podcast, Berenice.
1: Thank you so much, Madhu. Thank you for having me.
0: Hi, everyone. I would love to hear about your first yoga class.
1: Ooh, (laughs) that's a funny one. I was subbing for a friend. So it was after my teacher training course in India. And I went back to France and there was a part of me that Didn't believe I could be a yoga teacher, but another part of me was willing to try anyway. And I met this wonderful lady. She was a yoga teacher and we connected very quickly. And she told me, you know what, I'm not teaching during the summer. So what about you subbing my classes for the summer? And I said, yeah, that's a great opportunity. Thank you so much. So I did. And she told me about a couple. She was, you know, like I have every kind of student, young, old. But I have an old couple and they're over 70 years old. And the the guy, the, the man tries to, to overdo it. So you should be careful. And he also has uh, cardiovascular disease and arthritis. And, you know, she gave me a long list of like illnesses or pains. And, and I started to freak out. And I was praying before the course, like, may they not come, may they not come. And of course they came. <laughs> and, um, and I could hear this you know very willing man like trying hard and breathing heavy and I was just so scared I was literally not present for the other students you know I was in the mind completely I don't even remember the poses I taught to be honest and I just thought oh my god I'm just gonna end up with someone dying at my first class you know <laughs> so that's how where the mind brought me like the worst case scenario of course but thinking of it now it was very funny yeah yeah <laughs>
0: That's a great story. I was actually referring to the first class you took because you said in your intake form that you actually hated it. So I want to hear that story too.
1: Oh, sorry. I misunderstood French accent here. (laughs) The first class I took was in Sweden. And at that time I was working in the software industry in IT with computers. So nothing related to yoga. And I was in a very, very dark place. I was uh, suffering from anxiety, PTSD, and I didn't know at that time I had depression. I was battling with the last years of my eating disorders. So many, many things. And imagine Sweden, dark, cold winter. (laughs) And I needed a change. And I was really willing to recover from eating disorders. And I knew I had to change the way I was doing things for something to happen. I used to overexercise, I was running a lot, and I had this inner wisdom telling me, you need to slow down, you need to stop running. So I stopped running, and I was excruciating, <laughs> and I was thinking, maybe I can try something else, you know, and I've heard of, about your gas so many times, but I was sort of, you know, making fun of it, like, "Nah, that's not sport, that's for like bored housewives and all these prejudice- prejudices. So I went to the first class anywhere. I just went to the gym club and it was called Medi Yoga. So I had no idea what it was. And I ended up in an hour and a half in the dark, super, super slow, like meditative movement. And for someone who was running high on, you know, fight or flight, adrenaline, always go, go, go. That was just like torture. And of course, I hated it. I was challenged by the thoughts, the mind that told me, "Just, just get out of the room now, you know. And I had, yeah, it was just overwhelming. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to just get away when it's the next pose. Eventually I stayed just to be polite and respectful for the lovely teacher there. And at one point she said something like, oh, you may have thoughts telling you that you're not in the right place. You want to get away and it's hard, but that's just your mind talking. And I freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, it's just mind real or what? <laughs> And of course, I left the class and I was very frustrated because it was too slow. I didn't exercise. I didn't sweat, all of that. But still, something kept me coming back on the yoga mats. You know, I really believe we all had this inner self that knows better. And I guess it was just the call of my inner self. So yeah, that's my the story of my first yoga class. (laughs) That's
0: so interesting that you went back. What do you think, you know, I I know you said your inner self, but How did your inner self convince your outer self? Because usually we struggle to listen to that inner teacher, right? Usually we have a lot more relationship with with the more surface level thoughts. And (laughs) so what do you think allowed you to to listen to that?
1: I believe I've always loved to challenge myself. And also the teacher really... Touched my heart. She was so gentle, so compassionate, so kind. And at that time, I didn't realize, but there was probably something nurturing and good in this yoga class that I never had before. So, yeah.
0: That's such a great story because it reminds us as teachers that even if somebody didn't enjoy our class, they can still get something really powerful and wonderful from it. They can still change their lives, even if they're not having a good time. Because I think as teachers, it's easy for us to fall into the people pleasing mode and really worry about people liking us and liking our class. So thank you for sharing that story. I think that's really important. And I'm curious if you have had that relationship. As a teacher, have you gone through phases where you were more worried about pleasing people? And if so, how did you shift that? If you have?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, I think I started teaching yoga as a people pleaser. Definitely. It was all about did they like it? Did they like the pose? And, you know, like just the following the sequence and all of that. So it was very me, me, me. And then the more I taught, the more I was. connecting to the students you know and I feel that I'm very sensitive so just looking at people I can sort of feel how they feel and then it completely shifted from it's not about me it's about them but don't get me wrong you know like sometimes the ego is still there like oh will they like me and I'm like hey it's not about you here (laughs) it's about the people in front of you and sharing yoga and what was the most helpful of course is my yoga therapy course because that's when you learn that it's about the other person, you know? It's not being, you know, like over giving and over delivering and forgetting about yourself. It's finding the healthy balance. But still, it's when I step on the mat with someone else, it's for the person and I'm present for the other person. And also for me, a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at some point, you decided to start a YouTube channel. How long had you been teaching and what? sparked you what inspired you to start it
1: so that was 2019 and I started to shoot the videos in the end of March I had just moved with my boyfriend because of COVID so we were not allowed to like get out so we moved in together and and I had been talking about it for a while but you know like talking not taking actions despite the fact that I worked in IT I'm not techie at all (laughs) And my boyfriend was just telling me, "Let's do it. You know, let's let's get you some equipment, and let's do it." So he's been very helpful. He's been my supporter, number one, and uh, I will forever be grateful for him for that. At that time, I had been teaching for two years, yeah, almost. And what sparked me was just I just desired to keep on sharing yoga, you know, and not in a studio, it was not possible and to share it to more people to, yeah, to the world, you know, because we are going through this together worldwide. There was no other option. So, yeah.
0: Okay. So I just want to get clear on the time frame here because you said 2019, but the pandemic started in 2020. So was it, it was with the pandemic?
1: That was 2020. Sorry, my bad.
0: (laughs) No worries. No worries. Okay. So pandemic starts, you decide you have this inspiration. You're like, I want to keep sharing. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. Now you had that inspiration along with like thousands of other teachers, right? You weren't the only one, but your channel took off. Can you talk about that? Like how long did it take? When did you realize like, wow, this is really happening. This is really going to work.
1: Well, it's about doing it and believing in yourself and doing it and not having high expectations. That was my case. You know, it was just like, let's do it and share. And if it's serving one person, that's just amazing. I've done what I wanted to do. But as I said, my boyfriend is more tech savvy and he was all about looking for keywords, you know, like to rank your channel and all of that. So he's been like helping a lot for the background. What you don't see, I'm doing the yoga. <laughs> he's been literally like doing all the searching for keywords and how to optimize your YouTube channel and, you know, even the the thumbnails and all of that. So it was a lot of research. And I also invested a bit every month for advertising just to show up, you know, like in the list of your YouTube search, like with something relevant, of course. So advertising has been helpful. And I'm not advertising at the moment because I'm working on other stuff as well. And it's been plateauing, but I've been seeing some different shifts, you know, in the kind of audience watching and it's still growing. So it's like the snowball effect, you know, it starts very little and then it's just growing bigger, 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 and you don't know where it stops. And that's exciting.
0: I guess what I'm trying to get at is like, was there a moment where you recognized that your channel was growing unusually fast.
1: Yeah. In July, 2020. So I started to shoot in March, but I officially launched the the channel in May, end of May, 2020, because I wanted to shoot as many videos and to also learn editing and all of that because I was completely new. And then we invested in advertising. And then in July it just started like one of the videos just got so much like visibility so many people watched it I had many comments and then I was just looking you know at the at the numbers and the figures and I was okay it's happening you know it's it's real but you know even nowadays I still don't realize it I mean it's like my baby it's like my studio it's like a project but I'm not so attached at how many people are watching and what are my expectations for the future, because I do it with my heart and to share yoga. And if it helps, that's great. And if it doesn't, well, we'll see. Next video is maybe better.
0: (laughs) So what was the topic of that video? What was that video about that first one that kind of went viral?
1: Hmm, It was something very simple, like easy morning routine or 10 minute morning routine, you know, just to help people to wake up and to gain some energy. And it's great also, like when you start YouTube, to play around to see what topic works best, what doesn't. And it's not necessarily what you like. So it's very, very interesting. And sometimes you want to do the same as others. You know, of course, this beautiful lady that we all know, Adrienne. And sometimes there's comparison and stuff. But for anyone who's willing to start YouTube, it's just be yourself because no one can be better than you at being you and people want you, your energy, uh, what you want to share, how you bring it. And yoga is, you know, very, I mean, it's the same, but we each have a way to share it. That is unique. So yeah, just be yourself.
0: Did you make any mistakes early on or have struggles that you realized that you didn't need to have if you had just known something different? And if so, can you share about some of those mistakes or struggles?
1: Yeah, I did mistakes, especially on that video. And that was so funny because it got so much visibility. And yet it's one video where uh, it was one of the very like, early starts and I mistook. Like uh, I said, oh, bring the right leg. And then I realized, oh, no, the left. And so many comments are about like, oh, that's not professional. And, you know, like she made a mistake. And, and other people are kind of like, oh, that's a great video, but it's true. You know, it's better when we know in advance. So that video, when I got the comments, it was released and I saw so much going on. And it was like, I felt so bad. I felt guilty. And there was a part of me that was like, it's crap. You, you screwed up. You're so bad. You're not made for that. You, you cannot share yoga properly. So of course all the negativity but after a couple of days i was like hey that's learning experience what can you take from that and i also got great feedbacks from people telling me listen if you really want to improve your videos you should do that you know and so it's just learning and then tweaking around and adjusting so definitely you're gonna do mistakes and that's okay embrace the mistakes learn from it and keep on moving on and yeah as i said don't compare yourself and if I had known, I would have. I wouldn't have waited so long. I would just have done it because I feel there's a lot of fear, uh, feeling ridiculous, and also I'm not an English native speaker, so there's a lot of shame about my accent if people understand me. Blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, starting the record button on the camera and just going out there, you're a bit like feel awkward. Like, what am I doing? Is it true? And then editing videos is horrible because you hear yourself, you see yourself, but you really have to overcome this me, 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 you know, like criticizing yourself and uh, to really see the the end goal to share yoga. and yeah, so just get out of your own way, do it, don't wait if you want to start. and uh, yeah.
0: What would you say are some of the easiest ways to improve the quality of videos?
1: People think it's the image quality. I would say it's the sound. Personally, listening to a YouTube video that has a poor quality sound, it's just a no-go for me. And you can have a beautiful setup, have amazing clothes and do the best yoga in the world. I'm just going to (laughs) drop. So quality for the sound. Of course, if you have a good camera, that's a must. Good setting, good lighting. Don't wear white if it's a white background. And also look at the camera. Remember that it's as if, yeah, you're looking in the eyes of people, so... I used to imagine that my camera was the students, you know, in the end, because it can feel a bit uncomfortable to look at the camera, but it's really important. And of course the energy, you know, like if you start shooting and you feel a bit low or tired or bored or whatever, uh, people will feel it, you know, so you want to, to really bring your best and yeah, just do it.
0: What is your schedule like these days? Like how much do you teach? How much do you record? You could give us a day snapshot or maybe a week snapshot.
1: Yeah, so that's funny you ask that now because I'm uh, <laughs> I'm in a big transition. We just moved to Panama with uh, my boyfriend. So before Panama, I shoot as many videos as possible because I didn't know when we would have a house and the internet and all of that. So I would say in a regular week, I shoot. I take one morning on one afternoon and I just shoot as many videos as possible. And sometimes I have great energy and it can be six videos and sometimes it's just one or two and that's okay. And then I immediately upload them on my computer. The next day I will edit for, it depends because my computer is a bit slow right now, but uh, (laughs) if you have a good computer and good editing uh, software, you can go very fast. So I would say, yeah, two, three hours max editing and then, and it also depends on how many videos you edit. And then the afternoon, I would just, you know, like upload on YouTube, do the thumbnail descriptions and schedule. So yeah, a day and a half, but I'm also taking breaks. I'm not just like doing, doing, doing. Otherwise, I feel I could just squeeze it into one day. I am talking about several videos, but it's not my goal to to just stress myself out. I need to be in a good space also to teach like my groups, my private clients. As for teaching, I'm teaching privately more and more yoga therapy. That's what I love. Uh, And I feel I'm more comfortable and confident with one-on-one sessions. And uh, yeah, it takes like, I have sessions more or less every morning of the week. And then the afternoon, it's more for content creation, marketing, and of course, a bit of YouTube. Yeah.
0: It takes you about an hour and a half specifically for just the content creation for youtube and then but then the marketing of it is more so there's really i mean this is a full job right this is a full-time job would you say 40 hours a week
1: yeah i mean it's if you take it seriously if you really want to do it quote unquote well yeah you have to devote your time your energy to marketing it and sharing it and yeah so um, I'm more on Facebook than Instagram, although I'm getting back to it. And uh, yeah, I just always post something and say, hi, new video and sharing the practice. I also have a Facebook group where I also devote a lot of my time sharing life practices and other more yogic lifestyle tips and tricks. So I would say you need to be clear on where to focus your time and energy and then work around that
0: recording YouTube videos, you're editing, you are marketing, (laughs) you're, you're doing a lot and you're teaching private lessons as well. What is your personal practice like and how do you make sure that you have time for it?
1: Well, if there's no personal practice, the other stuff don't happen. (laughs) So (laughs) it's my priority, you know, to be in a good space physically mentally and spiritually Um, I practice every day in the morning as soon as I wake up you know I sit on my couch I meditate for a bit to connect with like my the god of my understanding and then I practice for 45 minutes at least and uh, I mean that's a bit of a luxury because yeah I have many things on my schedule but I don't have children I don't have to travel to commute to work and so it's, yeah, my practice is very simple. It's often the same and it's very slow in the morning, very gentle. If I need it and if I feel, yeah, it's time for a break, I would do a bit of yoga nidra or gentle movement. So I practice every day. It's uh, non-negotiable.
0: Have you always been a disciplined person? Or if, like, where do you think the drive to be so consistent came from? Because it sounds like you're very consistent. <laughs> is, that, is that accurate?
1: It is so accurate. <laughs> My dad is a military soldier. So no, I'm joking. God bless him. He's super cool and chill. <laughs> well, I I've had this discipline since I was a kid. And actually, I can be a bit too disciplined. And that's when I need to step out and change the routine, you know. So it's good to be aware of it. I'm also a perfectionist by nature. So I can, yeah, if I'm stuck in a rut, I can really keep going and going and going. So that's when yoga really helped because despite the fact that you need a discipline, it's also showing you how to be flexible, how to find the balance, how not to overdo it. And I found that yoga brought much more, yeah, flexibility in my life on all levels.
0: And you mentioned just a bit ago that you just moved to Panama. What inspired that? Um,
1: We wanted calm and uh, a slower life and sun, of course, (laughs) and to be closer to nature as well. We were in South of France and I mean, it's gorgeous. There's a lot of nature. But uh, Panama has been in our hearts for, for quite a long time. So we decided to just try in July. And of course, there's Costa Rica that is very trendy and hype. But we went to Panama and it was just falling in love with the nature, the culture, the people. It feels like traveling a bit backward in time because it's not as industrialized. The infrastructure is not as good, you know, as in Europe or the US or other Western countries. And yet it feels much more relaxing and much more true. It's very untouched and that's what I love about Panama right now.
0: Oh my gosh, it sounds amazing.
1: It is. It's and I feel it also for me, you know, my energy and my practice has changed so much. It's much more grounded, much more connection with my inner self and all of that, so it's yeah, it's I mean, calm, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> Your face just lights up when you talk about it. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you could influence yoga teacher trainings around the world, you could just wave a magic wand and you could have influence over one specific thing, what would be your priority?
1: Yeah, nonviolence towards the self and others that I could also translate as compassion. I know that as yoga teachers, we are very kind and we have big hearts. and but yeah, like authentic, true compassion for yourself and for the students, yeah.
0: Is there any other words of advice or anything that you think belongs in this conversation that we missed?
1: Yoga can can change lives. That's what I want to share. I mean, I'm very attached to yoga because uh, it was the last missing puzzle for my recovery from eating disorders. So it's a very special relationship to yoga. And I love sharing how it can really improve someone's life. So if you're teaching, if you started, if you don't have enough students or whatever, just keep on teaching because you are changing lives. Yeah. And if
0: anyone listening wants to find out more about you and find out about your work, where should they go?
1: Well, on YouTube, of course. (laughs) Berenice I think you will share the links uh, will, in the yeah. podcast <laughs> and uh, on Facebook, just send me a friend request. I'm super happy to connect and, you know, like private message. Uh, I like to be a person, not necessarily just like face on Facebook or a picture on Instagram. And uh, you can also join my Facebook group, helping women to overcome the stress, anxiety, and I'm shifting more and more towards emotional eating and disordered eating. So that's sort of my call and of course Instagram and getting back to it but yeah more YouTube and Facebook and come and say hi
0: <laughs> I loved hearing your story I'm I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to hear these different stories from yoga te- from from such a variety of yoga teachers and what I love about your story is that there's this combination between who you are and decisions that you made and then just a little bit of magic that brought you where you are, right? I mean, so it has all the harm- hallmarks of a wonderful story and I really appreciate you sharing it with me.
1: Thank you. Yeah, there was a lot of magic, yeah, definitely.
0: I, I have a good star out there. <laughs> I'm really impressed with Berenice and both her bravery to start a YouTube channel in a language that isn't native to her And also her willingness to really stick with it and be consistent. I think consistency is such a key ingredient for success, but also very, very difficult for a lot of people. I know that Berenice mentioned in the conversation that she's always had consistency as a superpower, but I want you to know that it can also be a learned skill. I would not say that I have been consistent all my life personally. In fact, Most of my life, I thought of myself as a person who had a ton of ideas and very little ability to follow through, especially on something that requires consistent action over time. And I'm so grateful that I've learned that your ideas about yourself are not fixed. Deliberate change and growth is very possible, especially when you're clear about how you want to grow. A few years ago, I actually had a fellow yoga teacher reach out to me asking about private sessions, and she mentioned during this conversation that she thinks of me as an incredibly consistent and determined person, and I had this moment of disorientation, and I, me? That's how you think of me? That's how you see me? It was super powerful, actually, to know that other people see me so differently from how I see myself. And also it made me realize that in some ways others can see me more accurately than I see myself because I realized, yeah, if I look back, especially over the last five years or so, I have developed this capacity for consistency. So I hope that Berenice's story inspires you to take action and to build the superpower of consistency if you don't already have it. Whether or not YouTube is the place where you wanna express that consistency, consider where could you use this superpower in your life? Is it in content creation, reaching out about strategic partnerships, or maybe in your personal home practice? Wherever you decide to focus on consistency, remember that what you've been able to do in the past doesn't necessarily reflect what you'll be able to do in the future. And if you haven't been consistent in the past, it's not a moral failing. It's just a part of your story, just like it's a part of mine. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for caring enough to teach yoga.